Welcome back to Behind the Timeline, everybody. I am your co-host, Lindsay, and I'm here with my co-host, Scott. How's it going? It is going. I am uh, I'm very excited and I'm very sad to be doing this episode right now. Um, I know. I'm more, I'm honestly, I'm just like, I'm upset that we got this episode and now I have to wait like a year, like a year and a half. Like untold eons for more Wheel of Time. I shit you not, when this episode ended, I was legitimately Sheldon in that I don't need sleep, I need answers meme. I just like, (laughs) I slid off of my office chair and was just like, I, what is happening? I can't wait to dig into it. And here's the really good news for you and for listeners is we are going to do this episode, which will be a totally all show spoilers, no book spoilers, like usual for episode eight of the Wheel Mm -hmm. of Time, the Eye of the World. But we're also going to come back for kind of an extended special edition of the Dark Friends Social, where we're going to have the first half of that, where we're just kind of talking mild spoilers and lore. And Scott will be able to join us for it. And then on the back half, it'll be me and my usual stuff all the way through Memory of Light. So for the big answers that are maybe a little spoilery for tonight, we will be back um, on the front end of the Dark Friend Socials. So for those of you who are not book readers, do join us for the front end of that this week because there will be some cool general lore and minor spoilers. But if you really, really don't want to know that stuff, then tonight's your night for Wheel of Time Episode 8. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And we'll be sure to give you guys like a warning and stuff too. Like, hey, this is where these end. If you don't want to stick around for book spoilers, then go ahead, get out of here. Oh, yeah, totally. We'll have timestamps and the whole thing. So you guys can come and hear about, you know, like who the people are at the end of uh, the end of the episode in the ship. So I'm not going to talk about that too much tonight, but we will at the start of Dark Friend Social. Okay, good. Because so, I do have like multiple thoughts. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I really want to hear them immediately, Yeah, (laughs) but but we'll get there and we'll talk about them a little bit tonight. Um, and then we'll dig into them more for the front half of dark friend social. So that'll be Mm -hmm. fun. Lore stuff. Talk about who they are, where they came from, but no plot stuff, just sort of what they're. Yeah. 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 But we won't go into that tonight. What we will talk about tonight is this age of legends cold open. I died. Uh, once again, continuing to come at you from my grave. Mm-hmm. I fell over dead when it said 3,000 years ago. Yeah, that was sick as fuck. I was like, what are we doing here? And I didn't like, because like, I am about halfway through book one. So I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is something I should know. But then they started speaking a different language. And then I'm like, holy shit, that's uh, what's his face? The original dragon. Yep, Luz Theron Telemann and, and the whole conversation about wanting to go and seal up the boar and, and cage away the Dark One forever mm-hmm. and how the Tamerlan seat, who is the, that's the Omerlan seat basically, but in the Their Age time. of Legends. Yeah, it's it's sort of unclear some of the history of it, except that like Omerlan might actually just be like... A forgotten a word, like a messed up word. Well, like a change to that word over time to Tamerlin, yeah. from Tamerlin to Omerlin. Oh, that's that makes she's sense. She's in charge, right? It's just a, it's just how it changes over the years. Yeah. Um, but man, was that cool! Like, I love the way they're leaning into the sci-fi of all this, which yeah, is like that, really prevalent. 
I did not see that coming when it was like, farewell to you. And then it just pans out to the window. And I'm like, is this the fucking opening to Atlantis? Right. Like, and the, this is going around all, all over the place on social media, but that shot from episode one of all the ruins when more oh, matches up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Matches up perfectly. Like it's that. So I had said at the time, you asked me, is that like the age of legends? And I said, no, that's probably Manetherin. Age of legends is too old, but I guess mm-hmm. not. Right. So now we have that clarified. That is an age of legends city that we saw the ruins of. I mean, to be fair, 3,000 years is a long time still. So you were technically still right. It just wasn't Manetherin. Yeah, it's just, um, you know. maybe it is. Like, they don't really say, but. No, well, well, if it's with book canon, Manetherin was, like, founded after the breaking. Oh, well, then never mind. this city would have been before the breaking, right? Mm, But it's, I mean, it's hard to say. It's, you know, they're making changes. So it's, I don't know. But thought that looked really cool so does this all track from your perspective because i know i've explained it a bunch of like how the breaking comes to be and yeah but does this make sense so everything kind of like clicked into place when she said goodbye to him because at first i was just like who are these people like is this is this oh i'm gonna be honest i thought it was when the blight took over land's kingdom i thought that's what we were about to see because the episode before this ended with them going into the blight and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. We're going to get like an explanation of like what the kingdom looked like, um, before the blight invaded or as the blight, like overtook them or whatever. But then she said his name and I'm like, Oh, what? Well, and also 3000 years ago, I know, but I guess until... I didn't put that together. I was like, cause I didn't understand that it had just happened. I don't know why I didn't put it together that land was alive when the blight took the city. I think he does say that, um, but we're being given a lot of information here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but and then, of course, it gets clarified more because they see the Seven Towers of Malkir and... Mm -hmm. Malkir, that's what it is. I keep Mm -hmm. forgetting the name. And Rand says it looks like it's been that way for generations or whatever, and Maureen says, yeah, it's been like 40 years tops. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, But, but yeah, I was pretty... Pretty fucking stoked about this Age of Legends stuff. I'm interested in what this like ring on their fingers is, though. This thing that goes like across three fingers. Yeah, dude, those things were sick as fuck. And I'm wondering now that I've like, I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Is that the male Aes Sedai ring? Well, the Tomerlin had one too, so they all had one. And the modern concept of the Aes Sedai, which oh. is the women and the Ajas, that's all post-breaking, right? Age of Legends was still men and women, and they both were wearing it. So is it maybe just the Aes Sedai ring of the Age of Legends? or It must be. Because the the uh, Fire Eyes, who we'll get to, the man, as the, as man. the Amazon X-ray is calling him. Um, when the man comes. The away. man. When the man came, the, he was wearing one too. And so were Luz, and so was the Tomerlin. So I'm like, yo... <laughs> like what is this why is everybody i i don't know even if it's just some meaningless age of legends jewelry it's sick as fuck they are sick as fuck like i could i 100 would just geek the shit out if i was walking through target and saw some somebody just wearing that that's I, how that's how much this this show has like infected my daily life 
Yes. So nothing <laughs> makes me happier than that. I, I also I think it's just a cool piece of jewelry. Like it it's is. It looked kind of really cool. Boss. I yeah. I'm also wondering if it's possibly like an Angriol of some kind, which were way more common in the Age of Legends, which is Ooh, what Rand was holding, right? Does everyone maybe just like cruise around with this Angriol on them? It's possible. But they all have the same one. That seems kind of it's far fetched, but it's possible because yeah. they knew how to make them in the Age of Legends, which that talent is is lost now. Yeah, they now used to be able to make them. Like anybody could just like, like they could mass produce them if they wanted to. I I would be willing to concede that that's a possibility, but I wouldn't put money on it. I think if they were Angriel or saw Angriel or any kind of Angriel, we would have seen the man like use it yeah because everyone was wearing one i think that it might be an ice ring which raises questions about the man but uh but i thought that was super fucking cool and i thought when it said three thousand years ago i did think for a second that it might be the prologue um and i know that we will eventually get the prologue which takes place in the age of legends and no spoilers for it cuz it's you know well i mean we spoil the fuck out of it in the primer but all the I was same say, um i have gone back <laughs> and like listened to, <laughs> to listen to a couple things now now that we're at the end mm-hmm. of, of season 1 i have gone back and listened to a couple things and i am kind of like yeah okay that that adds up uh, yeah. that makes sense and stuff but and i'm i've also read the book so i know uh, or like I'm, I'm halfway through the book, so I know a couple things. Um, I'm kind of shocked that we that wasn't the open that we saw because the prologue, right? I know. Yeah, because in in comparison to how the episode went, we didn't that scene the openings the cold open really had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. I don't know. I think it actually worked. I in the end, I'm okay with it because. Rafe has said, and this is no spoilers, but Rafe, the showrunner, has said he's going to do the prologue, but we'll do it once some of the characters from the prologue are a little more, like, we know a little bit more about them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. It'll fit better somewhere else and be more relevant and and good. That's all fine. Um, and, And I thought that this worked because it does show, like, what caused Luz Theron, like what it looked like for Luz Theron to say, I'm going to go seal the dark one up and like what started all this bullshit, right? Because doing that is what caused the the corruption on Sidene, on the male half of the source. Right, And that's yeah. what the Tomerlin says, right? She's like, you'll send us back a thousand years or more. You'll fuck up your side of the power. This is a bad plan. And so I think it actually works to just sort of, reiterate all of that in a way that might make more sense because i think i've explained it to you like a thousand times i obviously understand. oh yeah by this point like i knew i knew like what was going once i got it out of my head that oh no this is not malkir i'm a fucking idiot (laughs) you know like just even how that works exactly like that that they went and sealed him up and that's what tainted sidene and just kind of making that like really crystal because i could see first-time viewers who do not have like you're reading it and you've heard it from me. Like, I, I think oh, yeah. we're probably like if, more informed. Like, I think, I think everyday people probably really needed that. I think that's fair. Like if I, if I were showing this to like my mom or my sister or somebody, they, and I look, cause like, I'm not going to tell them anything. Right. I would. Yeah. I would, I would think that that scene would have been a lot more paramount to them. 
yeah so i think it i think it fit um but i do, we will eventually get the prologue like rafe has confirmed that i think it'll just be it'll happen when it makes the most sense to happen and when the characters from the prologue are more prevalent like what they did is more prevalent to our main story even than it is now which and i bet it'll look sick as fuck too yeah i know yeah i'm i'm pretty excited for that so then we have uh the most hilarious assumption that i've ever seen put to film which is that this is the last battle oh my god dude i (laughs) see dude this whole episode was me either like gushing over dope shit or just looking at my TV. Like, is this for real? Like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) It's, it's insane. Like everything about Lord Agomar pissed me off this episode. I just want you to know that. Like, yeah. Talk to me about that. So his sister was like, this armor is tried and true. It's been through battle. It has protected our family. He's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm not going to use that shit. Yeah, pass. I'm going into battle with my armor. And I'm like, did your armor prohibit you from moving out of the way when you saw the Trolloc rear its arm back so it could throw <laughs> a spear? You watched that shit happen for like four seconds and you didn't think, I should move. Oh my god. that Dude, that just pissed me off so bad. But here is my question about this since we're on that portion of the episode what is the end goal of the invasion of the fortress what are they trying to do here are they trying because they the dark friends or like not the dark friends but the uh, what is it um the The fades and padden only wanted the horn they didn't take perrin they didn't take a queen they left without them I know. So that was really interesting. So yeah, should we talk Pat and Fane? Like I, I think so we should. yeah. Okay. So we're the question is what's the point of invading that like what's the point of the Trolloc invasion on the gap? Yeah, like that and we they didn't break through well I can't say that because then we got the fucking dope as shit lightning Thor on steroids scene. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I didn't understand what they were doing unless that fight was clearly just a distraction for Padden Fane and those two fades to get the horn. But if that was the case, then why, what is, I need more info on the horn now. Yeah. Yeah. And my only complaint about this is that it hasn't been mentioned before, right? Like, Yeah. It just felt like a very thrown in MacGuffin for the episode. And it's and it's not. Um, the uh, the second book is called The Great Hunt, which refers to the hunt for the horn. Um, like the horn is a really fucking big deal. <laughs> People are actually kind of freaking out that it might not be in the show. And I've been thinking for weeks about like how that might be okay, right? If they just like were how how to like not have that be <laughs> how to get around doing it. I'm like, do we do we need to have the horn? We do, right? Like, I, so. It's crazy that it came out of nowhere because probably where you are in the books, you've already heard of it. Like they talk about the hunt for the horn like a lot. It's one of the signs that Tarmangaiden, the last battle, Armageddon is coming, is that the horn will be found, right? It's part of the prophecies. Is like, we're going to get the horn of Valir because that has to go to the dragon because that's integral to him winning the last battle because the horn, as as they say, it, 
it brings back the like the great heroes of old to fight in the battle. Think oh, okay, so it's like the Lord of the Rings ghost army kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and in fact, we have had a hero of the horn mentioned already this season, which is very cool. God damn it. <laughs> but you 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 have to know who my girl Birgitta. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The doll, the doll, the doll. Okay. Yeah. We, we good. We good. Yep. We got Birgitta name dropped much earlier in the season, which is cool. She's a hero of the horn. Um, so these, these ancient heroes that supposedly will come back when the horn gets blown by the dragon and then he's supposed to blow it at the last battle. So I think one answer to your question might be, cause all of this is like, obviously a trap, right? Like by, like we've been yeah. saying it's a trap for weeks and, and we'll get to what happens at the eye of the world. But I can tell you that what didn't happen at the eye of the world is that Rand defeated the dark one. So like, oh my God, <laughs> this whole dude, thing's a I trap, just, right? Yeah. So I could see the attack on the gap. Um, yeah, I could see an argument for that being kind of a red herring to convince the Faldarans to like dig up the horn. Like, yo, we know you guys have it. Where is it? Where is it? Like, let us freak you oh. out into thinking it's the last battle. So you dig up the horn. Like okay. that's a possibility, right? I'm, I'm behind that. Okay. That's pretty, in that case, I like this even more. I'm, I'm actually turning 180 on this. That's pretty smart that, that Pat and Fane and, and them would have thought that. Like, dude, we have to make them think that this is a legitimate deal and then they'll pull the horn out. That okay, I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, scare them into doing it. I think that's possible. It's a little bit unclear though, because like for sure the initial goal, and Patton Fane says this, was to like capture them all and bring them to the dark one because Yeah, but then he just walks away. Well, yeah, it's like after they're... killing Loyal. That's that did not happen. He loyal after is not killing happening. Loyal. Loyal is not dead. Stop it. It's totally dead, dude. It's ridiculous. For a broader conversation about why Loyal's not dead, join us for the Dark Friend Social first half. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain to you why Loyal is not fucking dead um, from a lore perspective. <laughs> There's no goddamn way. Um, but but no, I mean, Padden Fane, he says that the Trolloc attack on the two rivers, the goal was to drag them all back to the Dark One. I figured that that got a wrench thrown in it with Moraine and that maybe they yeah. changed plans. Like, I think that's what they're trying to tell us that they well, like, like, you mean that they didn't anticipate her being there? Yeah. That like when mm. that failed, when they were unable to get them, whether it be in the two rivers or after shatter Logoth or because they went into, you know, fucking Tarvalon where a horde of Trollocs was not going to go to, you know, and this is the tower. Fair. Like yeah. that's not, <laughs> so I feel like they, they managed to avoid the Trollocs enough that maybe they came up with a plan B. That's fair. And they would have just used the Trollocs as like bait to get up everybody away from the, the castle. Cause Patton Fane just like speaks the, I couldn't figure out what he did, but he used the password to open the door. Right. And that's why those yeah. women came out. Yeah, he knew the passphrase from presumably from torturing somebody. Okay, that's what I thought. But yeah, so he Patton Fane is first of all cool. What a huge flex the way that he's dude, like controlling yeah. the fades. Oh, dude, I mean, okay, so I'm glad that we finally arrived. Not that we haven't already been talking about this whole time, but yeah, the fact that they just are there and like on either side of him. He is very clearly higher up than I first gave him credit. But I will yeah. say this is my only complaint. 
I got the weird feeling that he wasn't part of them. He was like a separate kind of in it for himself or he was like his own thing. Yeah. he's. A he didn't strike me dude. as a dark friend, you know? Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, and I think confirmed that he is right. He's definitely working for the dark one. Oh, he so is. Yeah. But I do think we'll learn more about him as we go forward. He's a really complicated character who I think can be improved a lot. Like I like him in the books, but he's he, Pat and Fane along with the whole, all the events of the eye of the world are like agreed on in the phantom of like, I would accept alterations to this to make yeah. it a little more clear. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I think that's probably what, what Fane has in store. So I won't say too much. Cause I think that he has a lot of complicated shit going on that I think can really be like, streamlined and i think that that's what they're doing a little bit so yeah we're gonna go with he's just a dark friend and right now he's like high in the ranks as a dark friend which is kind of the interesting thing right well he's yeah that's totally why I, in charge he well that's the thing like he totally appears to be if you went by this if you just followed along with like those are the bad guys and that's the it looks like he is the leader it yeah. looks like he was like, I'm going to be on hand for this festival. Uh, I need to make sure everything goes down right and the Trollocs attack. Okay, everything's looking good. Oh, shit, these kids escaped me. Um, where are they? We got to keep hunting them down. Oh, crap, they went inside this like crazy-ass place. And here's the part where things, where I just get like confused. He has the Shadar Logoth dagger yeah that's dude. what he's stabbing loyal with yo that's the biggest flex of this whole fucking yeah. thing because where did he get that like the tower right like he must yeah, have stolen he it from the had tower. to have gone into the tower to get it moraine didn't leave that shit laying around if that's not with <laughs> it them. just like oh you stupid boy cool leave that there let's go yeah leave it on the floor of the inn like it's fine i know if that wasn't on her person which that doesn't make sense then it's in the tower so that's insane that yeah. dude must have snuck in there and stolen it and i don't really know why like i don't know that that's been totally set up for us like why he stole it but we know that it should have a similar effect on him as it did on matt which might play into some of what you're talking about of being like a little bit of a different evil which Shadow right. is. we might be getting some of that in with him as well but i don't i don't know and i mean him him having the dagger is book canon it's just not really explained here like why yeah like at all but here here's my other question and I'm, this is gonna be just like my whole contribution to this episode tonight is just questions um <laughs> if pat and fane has the dagger why does matt now look just on death's door in those yeah. few scenes that we saw him walking back into the city, he just looks exactly like he did when he had the dagger. But yeah, he does. The last time that they talked about him, he was like getting drunk in the tavern right before they left Tar Valen. So what's going on? I'm not actually sure. I I can tell you from a meta perspective that that was probably just like unused. Shots uh, that's Barney what Harris, I thought. Yeah, it was right? it was just Barney Harris's last couple shots, and because uh, he's gone, right? 
Yeah. So Matt has been recast for season two. And, and like, I'm wondering if maybe that's like, first of all, the shot that they had. Right. Right. Um, and second of all, maybe it's just supposed to kind of recall that not really be like a, this is where Matt's at right now. Yeah. I don't know. Cause it's when he's, it's when the man is giving a speech and he's like, some of you will turn to, that's what balance means. Some of you will become evil or no, it is uh, Fane's giving that speech. Yeah. He's like, not uh, all of you are going to be heroes. Yeah. Balance. Some of you will be bad. And then it, it shows Matt. And I'm like, well, schmer. Like, I don't, I don't know. We're gonna, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not certain about it because he doesn't have the dagger. And I'm like, so is he not all the way fully healed? Um, well, but here's the thing about wrong? it too. We know Matt could not be in any more danger than he is right now. Zero. Not, no, this is like the most dangerous. situation. Yeah. He literally is defenseless with Moraine's last order being sent for the reds. Yeah. It's not great. It's, it's not great news for Matt. Although I, I think, and I will talk about in dark friend social, how I think this might work out. I actually think I might, I maybe see what's going on here. And it might mm-hmm. be hilarious and work out super, super well to get to get Matt where I would like for him to be. So I just want to see Matt do more things like we will. I after watching that, can I and I held off on each episode giving my rating because I wanted to finish the show and then give my rating. Mm-hmm. Um, my one big takeaway from this of the five like main from Emmonsfield characters Perrin was the most useless of all of them (laughs) he just didn't do anything he never fought he like felt like he was useless when loyal was like all you have to do is ask and then he was like hey can we help (laughs) i really liked that from loyal though like he's got some yeah he was he was really cool i I think Perrin had an interesting little arc this this season setting up his conflict with violence. Um, his picking up the axe here and deciding, like, fuck the way of the leaf. I okay. actually thought he had one of the nicer closing arcs of the five this episode. I need to ask this, and this was, like, the number one thing in my, my questions about him. Are Were we supposed to just accept that he is now adopted the way of the leaf because he keeps talking about it. But if he has, then why didn't Aguin? It just well, felt so weird to me that he was just like, I spent like a month with the tinkers and now I'm part of the way of the leaf. This is me now. Like, I don't, I just, that was, it felt really weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. But if Americans go spend a month in Europe, we come back with an accent. Oh my you God. know what I mean? Um, for real. Like, like yeah, I think I you spend a month like in that culture and he's been asking questions about it. You're right. We keep, we keep hearing him talk about it. So I don't think that he has like a hundred percent adopted the way of the leaf, you know, or he would be with the tinkers. Like he wouldn't be here if he really a hundred percent had bought into that. But well, they're dead. No, they're not dead. No body, no death. That's true. The Tinkers? No, they established they weren't going to kill the Tinkers. Besides, the Tinkers are more than this one band of people, for the record. Like this. Oh, is I genuinely thought it was just them. Okay, no, cool. dude, Tinkers idiot. are a big group of people. This is one band of Tinkers, the whole culture. Um, so no, the Tinkers are that's always an option for 
for him. If I mean, it's it's not, but <laughs> he could think that he is. I was going to say, he kind of has, like, bigger things <laughs> in store. Ta Viren, which we will talk about momentarily. But no, he does not have that option. Ta Viren. Um, but I, I think what, what it's trying to tell us is he's been really flirting with this idea. And I think that it makes him feel better. Like, I think that he's really swayed by what's her name's the the tinker woman's like her story yeah and of like this is the way you can do good and like when she asked him like how happy is your has your life been since you picked up that axe like he's definitely flirting with this idea of of renouncing violence after what happened with layla like he's very much on the cusp of wanting to do that in whatever way that is possible for him which he doesn't know because until fucking yesterday he could have been the dragon like he has no idea what his real prospects are at this point so I think it's something he's been totally flirting with. And then he has this moment where he's like, no, fuck this. Like, I need to do something. I can't just sit here and be a pastor. Yeah. He, picks he up gets off his ass and, yeah, finally does something. Although that's not mm-hmm. true because then he leaves again. He leaves the room. And him not being in there is what gets everyone else in the room killed, including Loyal. Loyal is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's absurd ridiculous um but i think it's 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 important that he picks up the axe um for sure everybody's everybody's getting their kit this episode everyone's getting some of their stuff that they'll get yeah. to hold on to um and that axe i suspect perrin will have for a minute and that'll be a whole thing for him which already the show is set up for us in a million ways i mean that could have been any weapon right but that's true yeah i like seeing how how it panned out because I said in, in Dark Friend Social a few weeks ago, I was like, what in the fuck is going to make Perrin pick up an axe again? Because something has to. Yeah. He's going to carry one around <laughs> for the rest of the story. But like, I'm like, what is going to convince him to choose that weapon? So I was glad to see how that worked out. Because I was like, oh, why would he make that? Like, he's not. Yeah, that's such a like, obscure choice, too. Especially because everyone else is carrying swords and bows and shit. Well, and it's what he murdered his wife with. No, I know. Like, what, yeah, what would make him go back to that? So yeah. that was a good, like, full circle kind of thing. Yeah, that he, like, not only did he have to make that choice and, and decided to make that choice to, like, choose violence, but that that was, that he did it even though that was his option. Even though it was picking yeah. up an axe again, which I'm like, fuck. So, um, I look forward to seeing Perrin in just utter turmoil over that choice going forward. So I, I agree. Like he didn't do a ton, but what I really love about every single, like even minor gripe that you've had about the show or like question or thing that you haven't felt like makes sense. This whole journey is how in character all of it is. Every single thing you're like, Egwene's such an entitled bitch. And I'm like, yes, Dude, yeah, like- yes, she is. Welcome to the fandom. Please join a Reddit debate with me. Like it's yeah. Like, Oh, I have been actively avoiding Reddit because I don't want to say something and then just get shit on because I'm (laughs) like, but now like the longer that I go on with this and the more I like, I hang around Twitter and shit. I'm like, my theories are not that far off base. No, everything that you're like, have and and not not that you're whining you know what i mean but all your little sort of notes and and things that are like this is annoying about that character or they don't feel like they did that much or i'm like yeah all of that is accurate as fuck and i love that how well that's coming off the page of like their character flaws the ways that they're annoying the ways that they're fucking useless like because they're they're well fleshed out characters with flaws and the fact that 
the flaws that you're noticing or the flaws that the fandom's been noticing since the 90s is a really good sign for the adaptation. I also didn't know the books were that old. I saw a copy of the original right. print and I was like, holy shit, dude. This is yeah. crazy. These covers are really ugly. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> Why do you think I bought the, uh, the fancy um, Juniper Books cover? Shout out to the Juniper Books cover. I know. The you one I have is... Have them. I got to show you a picture of the one I have. It's a, like a thick hardcover, but it's like a silver shiny sleeve. Hmm. It's not part of a set. I bought it individually. Yeah, send it. I've, I'm getting... Um, a friend of mine sent me a picture that she got the first three books for Christmas. And I'm like, yes. And it's like, I are the world's go. on the bestseller list. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Um, But anyway, so I think that's pretty much all of this section with like Perrin and Pat and Fane. Um, but I guess the only, the last thing I wanted to say about this, and then we can like move on to like the larger scope of this question is once again, like, Faldarans are digging up the horn, right? Right. And it's like, they don't know who the dragon is. Like, Oh, they, I know. Why are they you know fucking I mean? doing this already? Yeah. Rand hasn't declared himself. And they're like, this is it, right? We dig up the horn. Like, this is the last battle. This is it. It's over. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude, like, he's like, you know what to do. And they both are just like, are you sure? What does make sense about it is the, the inclination to get the super important, powerful relic that you absolutely need to save the world out of the fucking city before it gets overrun. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. But just the fact that they think this is the last battle is so genuinely ridiculous. I feel like a lot of it was... <sighs> See, I don't know. It's like them wanting this to be the last battle so that they could get to peace that much faster. It's like arrogance. Yeah, it's like arrogance and it's also fear. They're like, oh my God, like we have to, we, well, like we have to do this now because I don't want to be afraid anymore. It's got, you know what it reminded me of? It reminds me of Fudge in Order of the Phoenix and his refusal to acknowledge that yeah. Voldemort is back. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can to suppress this fear and control everything. And so to them, them controlling everything is holy shit, this has to be the last battle because it's right here at our doorstep. Right. And that makes sense. And I think as well, like a sense of like naivete a little bit in this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of like, oh my God, I've never seen this many Trollocs. It must be the end of yeah, days. Yeah, this has to be it. This is the end of the world. They're all, every Trolloc ever. And this is scary shit at my yeah, front this door. Is, this is as bad as it gets, right? Is what they, is what they think. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my sweet summer children. This is like, this is like the coin toss at the start of the game. This is not the last battle. We haven't even dipped our toes in the pool. We dropped a fucking single hair in. Yeah. Like we, we like, we took the pool cover off for yeah, the start of summer. Like, <laughs> like we just, it's like, no, you guys. And I, I just, like, even Moraine somehow thinks this, and it's like, if you have it that wrong, you have no Dude. fucking idea what you're doing. Oh, my God. Every every second of this episode that went on, my only thought was, you have no goddamn idea what, what's going on here. None. It's She is hilariously uninformed. Like, it's just ridiculous. And, like, 
like she thinks that the man is the dark one, right? And I'm like, I so do Mark, not think it's him. I don't. It's not the it's Amazon's so thing. Says the dark one in, or says the man in X-ray. So I'm going to tell you why I don't think he is, even like without looking at like the Amazon X-ray is and it shit. Because like of that. his suit. <laughs> so first of all, his suit is dapper as fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whole pushing the arrow through his eye to remove the super scary mask was one of the dopest things I've ever seen in my life. It was cool, right? I liked that. That was sick as fuck. Um, and for anybody who, uh, we just had this conversation in a, in a text chain, Lindsay and Matt and I, um, some of my favorite villains in history are the gentleman villains. So like Blofeld and Ozymandias and shit. I loved this dude. From the minute that he put the arrow through his eye and was like, it makes it kind of difficult to talk like that. That's better. To him like laughing about how the I said I have been lying to him this whole time, to how easy it would be for him to use, you know, the one power. I was just like, dude, this is so awesome. And it just goes to show you that the bad guys usually have good points. Like they make good arguments. And it's just like, I loved every second of this, but here's why I don't, I almost got off track there, but I remembered what we were talking about. Here's why I don't think he's the dark one. First of all, he's just in a suit. The dark one's not going to give a fuck about that shit. Like he, he he doesn't need to take a form. And if he was, he would take a form of someone that ran new. Right. Well, okay. That's legit. First of all. Also. Yeah. The suit looks very age of legends. He's wearing one of the rings. Yeah. He's wearing one of those rings, but most importantly, and this is just coming from things I've seen from other media. He talks to Rand slash lose as though they were old friends. Yeah. He does. They've met before he's chummy with him. He calls him by his first name. He, the dark one doesn't fucking know that he knows that Luz Theron was there to seal him away, but there were like hundreds of Aes Sedai there. Why would he single him out? Yeah, like I, I, I don't buy for a second that that's the Dark One. I can't believe that anybody does. Like it's, it's so in universe, I buy that they think it is. I believe in universe that I find it believable in universe that they think he's the Dark One, and the yeah. only reason I do is because they haven't seen anyone else. And Moraine was freaking out the whole time about someone being in their dreams. Yeah, true. Like, I I guess. I just, it's like logic. It's like, look at this guy. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, and also he's channeling. He's not like, what the fuck makes Maureen think that the dark one would incarnate, like this metaphysical force of evil. Oh yeah. Would need to channel. <laughs> would be, would channel just like that with like tainted Sidene. Fuck off. That's ridiculous. Okay, but now I have a question. Can't she not see his weave? Yeah, okay, fair, fair. Um, but she I actually okay, yeah, that's a really good point. She she can't see it. That's true. Like I'm not trying to shut you down, but no, he, you're right. but he like, does nah, stuff with his actually, hand that would imply like, oh, he's channeling. She wouldn't know necessarily though. Like, that's fair enough. Like she wouldn't be able to tell exactly what's happening, except that like dude barely moved a muscle and she's been ostensibly stilled. Dude, I, oh my god, okay, there were two, there were three points in this episode where I was just like, what? I genuinely, like, I, through text, shit your pants. <laughs> was, like, the first one was immediately when Rand wakes up and the blight was growing on his hand, 
and she's like, what is it? Dreams can be really powerful. And then a fucking, she gets Terminator 2'd. Yeah. Like, and the was, blade comes through her mouth. I was like, yeah. holy shit, dude. What the fucking fuck? Did you think for a second that that was oh, really happening? 100%. I thought that was real. And then I oh realized there's God. no dagger in his hand. So I was like, oh, never mind. Oh my God. I was like, dream. <laughs> dude. Yeah. I was like, what in the hell? Well, because we had been like freaking out about it. I was like, oh, there's no way Maureen's going to die. Or like, dude, wouldn't that be crazy if she did die or whatever? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, that would be not. A- I'm glad that she didn't. Yeah. I'm really glad that's not what happened. Um, Nor do I think that she's stilled. I don't think it's permanent either. I don't think so either. Although. Here's the thing that I do. It kind of go. This is the only reason I do think she might be. They're setting up how pow- this guy is clearly a forsaken. Whoever this dude in the suit is, uh, I won't confirm or deny here. We no, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Next one, but go on. Yeah, we'll um, talk more about that in Dark Friend Social for anyone who wants to get a little more. <laughs> yeah. Info. Um. But I feel like the only reason that they would make her being stilled permanent is to show just how ungodly powerful the Forsaken actually are. Because he yeah. did nothing and no, removed and her took, as an obstacle immediately. And it took four sisters in a circle. Yeah. To yeah. to to still or to gentle Logan. Logan, yeah. And you know, from what I will say about this here and more in Dark Friend Social is that. What happened to Maureen looked nothing like what happened when Logan got gentled. Yeah. And everything like what it looked like when he was shielded. So I'm just saying, like, I don't fucking. Yeah. I feel like he just suppressed her power or uh, what is it she did to Lan? Masked? Masked the bond. I I feel like he just masked her connection to to the source. Yeah. And I think so, she'll recover from it over time. If she remains stilled, I feel like that just it I feel like that is such a major loss of a character way too early. Especially with how big this show's story is, for her to not be able to use this crazy awesome power after one season is kind of dumb. But then I remember Ned Stark and he's dead. So right, Ned I, Stark you know, is dead. I I will elaborate on why I think she is not stilled in the front half of Dark Friend Social, and I will speculate on what is going to happen if she has been stilled in the back end. We'll put it that way. So do join us if you want some of these sort of basic lorey, like this is how certain weaves work, and that's why I think that this is not stilling. We'll have that conversation in the front end of Dark Friend Social. So we'll keep it less spoilery here, but we will be back to talk about that in excruciating detail. Um, <laughs> I have fucking thoughts, dude. I'm like, I have thoughts about like every which way this could go, but if she really is stilled, then that's a conversation for not you to be privy to. Um, Cause that's, then I have to speculate on some big plot spoiler stuff, but, um, but yeah, I, I did like, the moment with her and Lan at the end, though, even though his showing up was just sort of clunky and whatever, like that. It did, like, yeah, sure, fine. He okay, whatever. He I did also hate that we don't find out how what her tell is to let yeah. her be tracked. I I did not like that at all, or especially because it was like a running thread through the show, and and yeah, like, that she had tracked Lan, and we were like, holy fuck, dude, like that's crazy. 
and that she like doesn't uh that we sorry that we don't get any like adventures of land and the blight like we kind of needed yeah. a longer episode like i'm like wait time. what like you just it's just fine like it doesn't seem all that scary everybody's just like traipsing through it like it's not a big deal like we just see the one kid that died everyone else seems to get through it no problem so i'm like uh, that seemed unthreatening like why even i i wasn't gonna be upset if they cut the blight from this season like i was prepared for them to cut the blight i was prepared for all the shit to go down at tarwin's gap and oh okay. i would have been fucking fine with it like because i'm like look they didn't do anything with it i mean that's kind of my complaint is like we'll be back to the blight i guess you gotta get like we have more time i suppose but the blight is really the place where we spend the least amount of time in the story so i'm like i I don't know. It was just like for how cool it looks. That kind of makes me sad that we don't spend much more time there. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like we'll be back. It's just not like, you know, Tarvalin or, you know, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll be back. I guess I just, I thought it was a little lame. I'm like, if we're going to have it, you know, I wish they could have given Rafe like a 90 minute finale or nine or 10 episodes. I am kind of surprised that for this being like eight episodes, it wasn't like an hour and a half long yeah. finale. Amazon's real stingy about that. And apparently. Yeah. And I'm like, part of me wanted more time in this season. And part of me is like, they did a lot of exposition. Like I wanted more on the horn, but I'm like, this season had so much exposition. Did we honestly need like additional episodes to give us more like would we have just burnt out and really it's better to just i feel like we would have yeah i think eight was a good place to stop and eight is that's what i just Amazon didn't get my forsaken for, i know well maybe you did but not explicitly yeah that's true <laughs> but eight is like the standard for amazon so i it's what we're is that how on. many the lord of the rings show is gonna have probably it's how many oh, the boys okay. has Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think all their other shows. I think, I mean, I don't know. But I'm, from what I'm hearing, I think all the Amazon shows have eight. Just like all the Netflix shows used to have 13. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh, more stuff from that in the blight. Uh, We got the saw on Griel. That was cool. That was cool. I, I like that she uh, she basically was like, you need to channel into this. And then I actually forgot about it for most of the episode. And then he just has it in his pocket, even in the dream. And I was like, oh, okay, dope. That's pretty sick. Uh-huh. And it works in the dream, which is like, I, we're like learning some of the rules. Like he's channeling in the dream. Um. So, and also it's like he was forced into that dream, right? He's like not. Right. Out. Yeah. He didn't really have like a choice or whatever. Yeah, whereas the man was, like, in the dream, but also talking to Moraine. Oh, so. yeah, I forgot. He was talking to her. That's right. Because she threatens yeah. to cut his neck. Yeah, which, okay, like, Moraine is fucking ruthless. Bro, she's ready. She's on it. I'm telling you, she killed that dude at Terrence Ferry. She's ready to fucking do what she needs to be. I wanted to see, like, the post credit scene of Rand leaving the blight and being like, why the fuck is my neck? Bleeding? I know. Just be like, what happened to my neck? <laughs> Did I fall? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, was that bitch gonna kill me? <laughs> like, for for real? Um, or like him talking to himself, like rubbing his neck, like fuck, I gotta get away from her. <laughs> like, <laughs> some like crazy shit like that. 
I'm done with Aes Sedai. <laughs> I know, for real. <laughs> but cool that Rand is getting his stuff. Um, this is a this is very, very similar to an Angreal that Rand has in the books. So I was like, all right, cool. What's up? Like everybody's parent got his axe. Rand got the Saw Angreal. It's a Saw Angreal in the show, which I'm like, cool. Which all that means is it's a more powerful version of an Angreal. Mm, um, okay. So I'm like, cool, give him the whole deal. Maybe they won't even make it. So there's three of them. There's Angreal Amplify Your Power. Saw Angreal Amplify the Fuck Out of Your Power. And Terra Angreal are like the Oath Rod or the thing that Moraine and right. Swan use. They're magical stuff that like does a specific thing. It's like a magical app. Right. They're like magical items. Exactly. That like that don't amplify. They're not amplifiers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're all little items um, that look different. Like they might, they might look like nothing, right? But they're not nothing. Yeah. So that's super cool. I was not sad to see him pick that up. Um. But again, I'm like, what does Rand think that he did with it? So that's like, that's why I was honestly, so confused. I'm like, what do you think happened? He's like, I did it. I'm like, no, you didn't, I dude. Won. You cracked the floor. <laughs> like dude, and this is like, like when I've said a few times um, on the non-spoiler episodes of like when I finished the Eye of the World, I was like, and now what? How is there 15 more books? Because you walk away yeah. from the Eye of the World, and Rand goes, I won. I killed the Dark One, and I'm like, what? And I'm checking my my library, and I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm certain this is one of fifteen. Like, what do you mean you killed the dark one? Oh, this is the same thing. I'm like, what are you talking about? It just didn't make sense, like that they would think that they're done now, because, like, I just I don't know. I I don't know how he could possibly be like, oh, we're I think we're done here. I have no idea. And and that Moraine thought that for a hot second until she sees that the seal is broken. And so she says the seal is made of Quendiar. And Lan is like, I thought Quendiar couldn't be broken, like no matter what, even with the power. And she's like, so did I. Oh, I thought that was like superheated rock from his power hitting the stone. No. And his power turned the stone into that stuff. Yeah, so that is... That stuff was the seal, right? So this is the Dark One's prison. This is like where Luz Theron and his hundred, compa- his ninety nine companions that they mentioned, which was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I did, love I that. Like that. <laughs> I really like that one. When Fire Eyes was like, "Do you, you came here with a hundred other people last time, and you're just here with one eye said I like, what do you think? You, do you have any idea what you're doing? Like that was the biggest. Dude, I was that like, was my preach. favorite part. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, no, he doesn't. No, they don't have any fucking clue. He doesn't even know how to... The only time Rand has used that sword now is to kill himself in the dream. Like, I'm God, like, no, dude, okay, no as far idea. as intelligent things go that people in this show have done, that's got to be the smartest thing I've ever seen someone do. It was a hell of a gamble, but holy shit, that was so smart. Dude, you don't even know. Like, more on this in Dark Friend Social. I'm just... And that's, that's why we're going to do an extra long episode, because a lot of what I have to say is... A little bit lower spoilery <laughs> but i'm like yo what like yeah that was a gamble and a half i am kind of shocked that it worked like i'm like oh he's not dead because remember like the bats were real dude that's why i was like holy shit yeah what actually happens sure. or affects him also i love the callback to the bats that that was what flew at perrin when he thought he yeah. saw pat and fane yeah 
That was awesome. But I did want to call attention here to the seal, right? So right. Two, two things here. One, um, when Swan Sanche enters in episode six and they do her like, she comes, she comes. They say the flame of Tarvalin, the watcher of the seals, the Amarlin seat. This is what they're referring to. The seals on the dark one's prison, which are made oh. of this unbreakable. And the symbol on the seal, did you spot this? It looked like a yin and yang. It did. It did. And if you take them apart. One is the thing that was on the Trolloc symbol that we keep seeing. But exactly. that isn't a Trolloc symbol, which I keep thinking is a Trolloc symbol. Well, and this is why it confuses me a little bit. because ne- So now we have this information. I can kind of talk about this. That's the seal on the Dark One's prison. That's the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai, the yin-yang. And Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, because it's all about balance, right? The two sides of the power, men and right. women. Right, yeah. Together. It's the yin-yang. But, it, but without the two dots, right? It's just, it's like a traditional yin-yang has like a little bit of a, like a black dot on the white side. The Aes Sedai symbol does not. You know what I mean? Okay, I got you. So in, if you take those two, the two sides of the yin-yang apart, though, you have the, the white side is the flame of Tarvalin. And it looks like a little flame, right? With like the thick part on the bottom. Right, yeah. Right? And that's what they call um, Swan Sanche, another one of her names, the flame of Tarvalin. And the other side that represents the male side of the force the male side of the force of the power. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, the black side that represents the male side of the power is called the dragon's fang. And that's the symbol that we've been seeing throughout the whole show. Right. And that's the one I thought was the Trolloc symbol until it showed up in Swan Sanchez's uh, cold open. Yeah. And what's weird about it is that like Sidene is not inherently evil. That symbol represents like male channelers. So it is used as, I mean, it's weird that it was on like Swan's door, but it, it is used as like a mark of like evil shit is here. And you know, the tyrants hate magic so much. It doesn't surprise me that they would just use that symbol, but yeah, I feel it's like, like that's a bad like, omen. Yeah. So I could see them like arranging the sheep that way to freak people out. That like makes sense. Cause people would be freaked out as fuck by it. Right. That's like a scary symbol in society now. Cause it represents you know, they go mad, right? Male channeling is a bad thing. But why the Trollocs' blood took that shape, I do not know. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Especially now that they are telling us, like, this is the symbol of the Aes Sedai. It's on the seal. So we, I know that that's, like, going to stay canon. But I'm like, so why did the blood make that shape? Is it just, like, a cool Easter egg? Because I'm here for Yeah, it. was it know. just supposed to be, like, a little, like, blink and you'll miss it kind of thing? I mean, it was so obvious. I just, I like everybody picked up on it. I have no idea. Maybe they'll change some of it, but it's confused me this whole time because it's not an inherently bad thing. It wouldn't like, like Trollic bloods shouldn't pool that way. I mean, it's inherently good, right? It's just been tainted. So it's weird. Yeah, that's true. But there's what that is finally. And the other thing finally that got explained this week was Taviran, at least. Almost. Sort of. <laughs> I put enough together to kind of figure out like, oh, these guys are like super thick pieces of the thread. 
they're like they're important but that that's the thing he's just like you're all Taviran and then I'm like oh and then he doesn't say anything else yeah some of it is uh it's funny because they've been explaining it to us all season without naming it which I find really frustrating because I think it's easier to understand a concept if it has a name and they name dropped it in the, like the first three lines of dialogue of the show and yeah. didn't, and then continued to just explain it without putting a name on it. So like whenever uh, they were talking to Swan Sanche, Egwene and Nynaeve, and she was like, you wish you were just some inconsequential thread and you can go fuck off and do whichever you want. You can't. You're Taviran. That's what she's trying to say. And so oh, being Taviran okay. means that like the pattern swirls around you. Like you don't necessarily have a choice. Um, like the the we will talk about this more on the front end. I know I've said this a thousand times, but on the front end of dark dark friend social. Because I don't want to spoil stuff if people really want to be blind to this, because they'll probably go into it more. But that surface level is what it means. You're super important thread in the pattern. The pattern's gonna swirl around you. You don't get to just walk away from your destiny. And we'll talk about some of the more detailed things of what it means and like some other famous Taviran and like the effects that it can have and what it means for like the sort of superhero status of all our characters. I mean, right. Because doesn't that, doesn't that just go back into what Min was saying that they're all kind of like connected in some way. Yeah. And that it's highly unusual for them all to be connected and that, the clearer the vision, the more important the person is to the pattern and her visions of them are all very clear. Like they've been telling us what all this means. They just haven't quite put their finger on it. But like the reason that it kind of feels like everybody has a superpower is that like they do, they're all Taviran. Right. And that is manifesting in different ways. Like the girls channel, Perrin has this wolf thing. Rand is the dragon. And Matt, Matt's Taviran, which is obscured by the dagger while that's happening for however long that continues to be his an issue for him obscures Matt's Taviran superpower. I guess like now we can kind of say that, right? Like Matt has cool shit coming. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that we can't see it yet, but Matt's Taviran is my favorite Taviran and it's, it's the best, but we're just going to have to wait <laughs> for it to kick in. I kind of like, I knew there had to be something. It couldn't just be like, oh, and then there's Matt. And like, Matt. And Matt sucks. And Matt has the dad. Yeah. And Matt's <laughs> just a sickly young boy. Like, right. And everyone's been saying that all season. Well, and Matt has the dagger. And I'm like, I swear he's cool. And like, even book readers are like, fucking Matt, man. Like, why are they like fucked up Matt? Why are they going to ruin Matt for me? And other people are like, yo, when's the last time you read books one through three? <laughs> Like, do you remember, like, Matt sucks asshole right now. Just be glad they're accelerating the timeline as much as they are. Like, <laughs> But Matt Matt will be awesome. That's all I need. Yeah, we all, I've been saying that every episode, right? I'm like, I promise you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're like, I'm, just wait. Just wait. He's going to be so cool. I think he's going <laughs> to get to be really cool in season two. Um, I hope so. I Like, I am bummed that they replaced... Uh, Barney Harris. Barney Harris. I almost said Barry Hennessy. I don't. Close. Yeah. <laughs> Same letters almost. Um. But yeah, I just I was I, I'm pretty sure I've asked you, but like, do we know why? 
Why what? Like why he was replaced? Oh, Barney Harris. I'm sorry. Uh, no, yeah. we don't. And it's like nobody knows if something happened or like what the nobody knows what the details are because Amazon obviously doesn't want to like talk about it. They're not trying to draw attention to it. Like notice that he wasn't at the premiere and neither was the new actor whose name escapes me. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. I remember. Yeah, like he's nowhere on social media. They just, whatever happened, it involved, like, a deal where he's he's just not involved. He's just not there. <laughs> he's, like, off the grid. Like, whatever happened, I really hope that he's all right, because I think he was a fantastic Matt, and I, you know. but I Yeah, think, I did really like him. Yeah. I think that the, the recast will turn out just fine. They've done it for major characters in Game of Thrones, and nobody batted an eye. I mean, we had, like, four mountains. Like Dariana Harris. I, I I'm like, it's fine. And um also because Matt's gonna like go through he's he's going to go through a transformation. Matt's not going to be dying of the dagger for fifteen. Oh no, yeah. I figured I figured he was gonna like turn a corner and become a badass yeah. or something. If shit. he hasn't already, right? It's hard to say. It, that one shot of him makes it really hard to say from the finale. Like, is this well, just you just have this footage or are we supposed to believe that he's still sick? I don't get it. And that's the thing, like it is at night and he is under a blanket. So he may just like, it may just be because it's dark that he looks so sickly, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll just like, it'll be one of those things that we look, we like read into it a lot, but then in season two, it's like, he's fine. Yeah. The first thing, the first time we see him, he's trying to like swindle people out of their money. Yeah. Right. Cause like Maureen's <laughs> yeah, basically that's like guaranteed what we'll see Matt doing <laughs> tossing the dice. But uh, I don't know, like, I, because Moraine said he was, like, upbeat and it's fine. And he doesn't have the dagger again. Like, I would think for him to be right. sick like that again, he would have to have reclaimed the dagger. And Fane has it. So unless we're going to get, like, a cold open flashback to Matt went into the tower and got the dagger, which is where he's approaching in that quick shot is, like, the tower. And then Fane took it off him and then hopped into the waves after everybody else. That seems fucking crazy, but... Who knows? Like they could give us a flashback to explaining that. But I think with the change that Matt's hopefully very soon going to undergo or has already undergone, the new casting will like be like go along with that. Right. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. He's going to look so much different anyway than when he was looking all fucked up and daggered. Yeah. It'll, I mean, we'll immediately be like, you look familiar, but not really. But then he has the red Aja to contend with. So like, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's just, it's a mystery. And it just, it's another thing where I have to wait. I just have to wait all this time now. Forever and ever. Or, you know, just keep reading. That's the nice thing. Everyone is like, I, now what do I do? And I'm like, read the books. There's a million of them. I know. God damn it. <laughs> Get on my level. <laughs> read faster. I'm going to now. I have all this fucking time on my hands. Get through book six. Get to do my up to well. six. Okay. Yeah, at the end of book six, you will shit my pants, and uh, <laughs> it'll be the best moment of your life. Like that's when I, yeah, that's when shit gets really real. And it's crazy that it. I mean, there's a lot happening, but it is crazy that it takes six books to get to. Like, I don't know. There's crazy shit that happens before that too. It's just like especially crazy. <laughs> um, but. Let's talk about speaking of especially crazy. Let's talk about the way this this thing ended. Um, oh, dude, with the fucking thunderstorm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, well, oh, well, okay, that too. God, I guess we haven't talked about that shit. Um, yes, the girls kicking ass. Yeah. This was pretty... Well, three of them. Those other two yeah. ladies were so useless. And dead immediately. Well, it's oh, like four instantly. untrained girls, right? It's like because they're like not buddy-buddy with mm-hmm. the Aes Sedai, right? Like whoopsie from the Faldarans, which like... I kind of enjoyed that little subplot. That was cool world building. Like they yeah. say, we have not been as nice to you as we need to. And he's like, Agomar's like, yeah, we probably should have called the Aes Sedai. So she's like, cool. Anybody who can channel. And there's four of them. Yeah. And- in the whole fucking city, there were three, two other citizens and the princess. I mean, it makes sense because like, if you did this in tier, for instance, it might be different. People might come out of the woodwork, but in Faldara, it's not like a bad thing to be able to channel. So most of them have probably gone to the tower. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. The ones who are still there in a city like Feldara that does have a relationship with the Aes Sedai, right? It's not like Tyr. It's not even like the two rivers, which I mean, nothing, the two rivers, like backwater, nothing. Right. Right. They have a relationship with the tower just because they haven't utilized it lately. doesn't mean that they don't have it. So like Lady Amalisa, she was a, and accepted she has the ring she just didn't make it yeah so but she just probably, like didn't she didn't end up with them right that's what she was saying enough. they yeah. weeded her out because the Aes Sedai have very high standards and very low entry rate um and so like Amalisa didn't make the cut so the other women who are in Feldara who can channel just a little bit probably same thing didn't make the cut I know well and like their weaves were hella fucking weak like it was, they almost didn't exist. You could like almost not see when they did that long shot of them, like all five, like weaving together. Yeah. Compared to like Nynaeve and Egwene. Yeah. You could barely see anything. Yeah. Cause they could probably barely channel, right? They said anyone who can channel even a trickle, which is not someone who the Aes Sedai would allow in. Right. If you can only channel a trickle, like you're done. You might not even make it past yeah. novicehood. So not very smart, right. Of the Aes Sedai. I like that, that we continue to set up their incompetence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they have like nobody and poor Amalisa who only made it to accepted. Of course she couldn't manage this situation because even though everybody's channeling was just a trickle, that's still five times what she can do. And she barely knows what she's doing, right? So I'm not surprised that she burnt everybody out. So here's my question. First of all, that whole scene was probably the dopest and scariest thing I've ever seen to be shown as a consequence for using magic. That right? was so fucking sick. That was like a, above the level of the Witcher and they show some pretty fucking yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, it was like, very cool. I really liked the way they showed it. Um, and I liked the way that they... Like, they've made that danger very clear. Like, the powers have to be fucked with. It's not a joke. But here's my question about it. Was she so inept that she couldn't let go of the power? Or did she refuse to let go? Um, I think a little bit of both. It's Part of the whole thing is that it's like, it's like so good that it hurts. Right. Well, because she was like, I feel every stone. I can feel every, like, mountain yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, okay, was she becoming, like, power drunk? 
or was she it's like when you get electrocuted like you can't let go of whatever's electrocuting you someone has to like push you away or whatever it's a little bit of both but it's more the former channeling's like very analogous to addiction as well as orgasm Mm. so it feels really good it's like a drug and you don't want to let go because it feels so good and you want to bring more and more of it in even to the point of pain and it's really easy to let that get away from you and like overdose basically is what it's saying so it's like it's not as much analogous to being electrocuted even though a little bit right but more so that it's like you it's hard to let go because you want so much more of it. And then I think she lost control. That, that's okay. another thing yeah. that can happen. If you lose control, you, like, yeah, then it is kind of like being electrocuted. And she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> this well, part, that again, was very it's like, clear. Like, okay, I get that. Like, okay, killing the Trolloc army was dope. But again, four untrained girls in a circle with a single weave. And they think this is the last battle. And I'm like, you fucking assholes. We're a bunch of morons. I just yeah that was bonkers my question about it was why are they out on the battlefield and not on the city walls oh I know what 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 What? What? let me start over they can correct that (laughs) they can yeah no I'm like what are you doing out there like you can channel from up high and like yeah that was so stupid taken out by a trollic while you're in the middle of your weave you dumb bitch dude I Yeah, that there were so many tactical errors made in this last fight. So super nice. air quotes. So this um, last, the great last yeah, battle. Tarvin great guy the last the battle world. at the Book end 15, of season one. Here and true, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. The show's over. Rand succeeded, guys. <laughs> He's up, walking Rand, away. I swear to God, when I finished the first book, I was like, I what? Because they genuinely end it with that. Like, Rand is like, I, I fucking killed it. I killed the dark one. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> I did this. Yeah. Really? I'm the hero. Bye. And because it's this, like, first person narration, I'm kind of like, did, did you? And this That's unreliable. So I know. I was like, literally, I called my friend Kim and I was like, I don't, I don't fucking get it. I'm looking at 14 other books. This kid just says he destroyed evil. Like, and it seems like he did. What's the rest of this story? Well, here's the other thing that I was confused about in all of this. The blight did not seem to be coming from there. So was that really his prison or was that just where he was drawn to? Based on the presence of the seal, I'm going to say that's the prison. I think that makes sense. Oh, no. I was about to ask a stupid question, but I forgot. The Forsaken are locked away with him. Right. Yeah, they are. They're all locked in the same spot. Um, But based on that being where the seal is, I think that that is his prison. And they have combined this with, like, the Eye of the World is separate from where the Dark One's prison is. Right. I thought it was, like, a completely different... place or whatever yeah, right like the waves yeah well it's uh, yeah uh, the that's hard to explain it's like the prison itself yeah is not on this in this like dimension but the seal the seal is a physical thing um in a physical oh no yeah i got that but like getting to kind of like in shang chi yeah like, like getting the there portal. was a different place yeah 
this is the place in our in our world. But you can't just walk in there. I mean, in the end, some people can just walk in there, and it's kind of like it's very complicated. Um, it's very cool. timey wimey, metaphysically. It's here, but it's not here. Like you do walk down these stairs to get there, but it's not this dimension. And it's like, I sure. Like it's it's all very kind of loosey goosey. Um, but it's fine. It's it's fine. They'll make it work. But I think that we are to say that yes, the eye of the world is the where the dark one's prison is, and I am fine with that simplification. Yeah. Let's just go with that. It's been um, established, whatever, we can move on. I'm okay with that. The eye like, of the world just fucking literally doesn't come up again. Like as a location is like a thing in the books. It's like we go there once in the first book and then it's over. So I'm totally happy with making this where the prison is because that is a place that we'll revisit. So I'm like, great, that let's reuse the set. That works. Like this, this is like a familiar thing. We'll know what it looks like. I'm fine with all of that. Um, when I wasn't fine with before we move into like kind of the the sort of epilogue of the episode, I did not like Egwene healing Nynaeve. I didn't get that at all. I don't understand that. Yeah, what the fuck? I, I just, it, it just felt so, honestly, it's one of my bigger complaints of the whole season. Like, I'm just like, why? Like, why have this fake out? Like, you're already faking us out on Loyal's death. Loyal's not fucking dead. Um, he's not. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> That's not okay. You guys, I want you, I have no idea. Okay. Like, <laughs> just like I'm doing it now because I caught, so here's the thing. I caught it when I first watch it and Lindsay and I said something about it and Lindsay texted me back and was like, no, we didn't. He's not, that's not what's happening. And then I never heard from her again. And I felt like that was because she realized <laughs> that I was fucking right. No, I think I fell asleep. I, <laughs> Oh, okay. That ends up. <laughs> no, I, there's absolutely no fucking way that he's dead, but, but naive too. It's like, that just seemed so contrived and weird. And what I was really missing there was, it was like, very pulled out of your ass the last minute kind of thing just drama that we didn't need you know they could have destroyed all those tens of thousands of trollocs and had that be plenty fucking impressive you know or their arms could have been burnt but the, she and i knew didn't need to die and then and come back or whatever you can't heal death like they're not changing well yeah that. no i get that but like she was at death's door for sure yeah and she should have been at a minimum burnt out to where she couldn't use the power anymore because that's the other version of being burnt out like you could kill yourself Sure. Or you can just drain all your power. You could just, you can steal yourself. Right? That just sucks. So that's even worse. I think I'd rather power. die. So would most I said I. So there's, that's what, that's what burning out usually looks like. You don't die. You just are unable to use the power anymore. But there's also the version of burning out that looks like what happened to Amelisa. And I'm like, cool. It's less common in the books. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, make it dangerous as fuck. That looked awesome. But naive, it's just like, did we have to do that? Like, couldn't it have been just them left out on the battlefield to show how much stronger they were, that they were the last ones to, like, they didn't yeah. burn out and everyone else did. And also, couldn't we have had, like, they just end, like, like laying out there on the battlefield surrounded by dead Trollocs. I'm like, couldn't we have had one line of dialogue that's like, yo, we need to get our asses trained. Do you want to go become Aes Sedai? I know. Like, or something, or whatever it is that they're about to do. I assume that, but I don't, I, I really don't know. But, like, something about, like, where, like, because at least Perrin got that, of, like, nah, fuck it, I choose violence. Like, Perrin got his arc 
to sort of wrap. The girls yeah, just sort of didn't. They're just laying out there on the battlefield. Here's the other thing that doesn't make sense about that, though. Perrin's on his own now. The two girls have themselves, and they're going to go back to the tower, I'm assuming. Rand is MIA, assumed dead by them. Right, and well, and Moraine. Well, okay, but I remember that, like... She can't lie, but she can twist the way he says it. But, like, five minutes after Curtain, the girls walk back into the castle and parents in the castle. Like, they're not... Right, but they're like, yo, we're gonna go get trained. And he's like, cool, uh, what about me? If that's what they decide to do, or they might go after the horn. Perrin almost certainly will go after the horn. Yeah. The girls might too. Moraine might circle with them in Feldara. Like, we could open in season two with all of them in Feldara, minus Rand. Like, grieving him, deciding what to do next. And I think that Perrin and Loyal, because fuck you, will go after the horn. (laughs) I for sure think, yeah, no. he, He and Perrin... I believe we'll go after the horn. Loyal loves an adventure. And I think parents decided <laughs> that it's time to stand up, right? Like he's like parents ready to like, you know, how can I help? I think is a question parent might ask as we just, yeah. I think the answer to that right now would be fucking someone has to go get that thing. do you want to volunteer like if there's a way that right now Perrin could help I I think it would be to go find the horn right so that's my prediction for him and loyal maybe also the girls like they could all go hunt for the horn I do think Nynaeve and Egwene will go to the tower Um, I liked that Min noped right out of all this right like she she booked it and good for her and I and I liked her vision of of all the soldiers dying. Yeah, that was cool. Out. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, everything she says comes true. It's just, what does it really mean, right? But this was cool foreshadowing of Min's ability to say, look at a group of people and say, all y'all are going to die in battle, like imminently, like mass death stuff that she can see coming. Yeah, but here was the other thing I and this is probably just me having bad uh uh like observation skills maybe, but did she cut her hair? Men? Yeah. No, she was just wearing it differently. She just didn't have like a headband in it. Oh, okay. I was like this why I for like a split set when you first said that you're like and there goes men cuz like we were watching it at the same time. I was like, "Who?" Yeah. I didn't see her. And then it showed her again on the card. I'm like, oh! Yeah, she just didn't have her, like, hairband in. She had a headband in that, like, made made it look a funny way. Um, But, yeah, her... Yeah, we'll see more. I'm like, see you in season two, man. I hope you're on your way to the tower. <laughs> see you there. Yeah, for real. I figure she'll probably hook up with Nynaeve and Egwene. Um, that would make sense to me if they go to Tarvalon. Moraine obviously can't go to Tarvalon. So, because she's... Yeah. Still swore that oath, which an open question, and perhaps an interesting way to find out whether she's stilled for real is is she still bound by her oaths? Ooh. And how that's does that work? True. And does anybody know? Do the Aes Sedai actually know the answer to that? How much have they ever worked with women who are stilled, and how much do they just shun them in terror and never talk to them again? Like how much research has been done there? 
lots of interesting questions around that. I'm like, I wonder if she's still held to that oath, if she's for real stilled. I wonder if she can't, can now go back to the tower. Cause I don't know. Um, it depends on how they want to say that this terror angry all works with the oath rod. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause there are terror angry all that can be used by non-channelers and do stuff to them. So who knows, but let's assume the oath holds. She's not going back to the tower. I think that she and Lan have, they've realized this is not game over. And also just let the dragon walk away, which yeah. we know not really Maureen's top plan is to let him walk away. Right. When there's still shit to be done. So she's realized this isn't the last battle. She just let Rand dip out. I think she and Lan will follow Rand. And I think that yeah. Rand is going to the waste. And I do not know this. This is not the plot of book two. This is all because it's it's all a different turning now. Everything's different now. So I don't know. Mm. But he knows I think that, her following him makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and yes. Again, we'll talk I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more too in Dark Friend Social for like other reasons that I think that it would behoove her to follow Rand at this point. We'll talk about later this week. <laughs> but but I definitely think like Rand still never told anybody that Tam isn't his dad and that he's an Ielman. Whether that matters to anybody, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what that means. So I think he's Oh yeah. I was like, wait, how does he know that? But I forgot uh the the man has a whole conversation with him when he's in the fake dream. Yeah, he does. You actually and think that man, uh, what was his name? The, the sheep man. herder? Oh, the no, no, no. Herder. When he's talking to him, he's that's like, right. the that man uh, was your father. That's that's adorable. Yeah, he's like, do you have any idea what you're doing? <laughs> um, he's like, your dad died a long time ago is what he says, right? So I don't think that right. he's going to like have a reunification with his parents. But I do think that he wants to understand what that means and like where he came from. So I can see him going directly to the waste. He was headed east. Why his path to the waste would go through the blight again? I'm like, so there's a blight, just not dangerous. Like we're just not worried about it. It's fine. No, or, it was hella dark. dangerous. It was like the rework of the blob. That kid was like <laughs> in the tree. But why is Rand going to travel through the blight to the IL waste? Why wouldn't you just go south a fucking day, get out of the blight, and then go east? Like, what is he doing? He's just traveling through the blight. Like it's not about. I'm like, what the fuck. It doesn't seem that dangerous to me. It I seems like somebody yeah. should have died by now in the blight. Like I, well, somebody should so, have been taken out. That was my kind of assumption with uh, uh, Machin, uh, Machin Shin. In Machin the, in Yeah, I was like, it's just um, whispers. What is there's? What is the danger here? Yeah, I agree. I felt the exact same way. I was like, this is underwhelming. Why it's not dangerous. And, uh, you know, I look forward very much to hopefully, please God, knock on wood, like no COVID shutdowns for season two, although that might be coming now. And uh, just like, like they had a lot of issues trying to do VFX from home. There were, you know, like there, and Rafe has talked about this. He's like, look, it's not perfect. We had like obstacles. So I'm hoping for fewer obstacles for season two. Cause I think that's part of why, like we didn't see some of the crazier shit that should have been in the blight is like a budgetary VFX situation. Cause like 
Yeah, and I mean, I get that, and I'm fine with that, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I feel like it should have been... I I don't know. I just, I didn't feel like they were really in that much danger. No, I didn't either. Like, they had, like, the one mushroom dude. I just, yeah. I But you know what? That they kept it more contained is fine. For whatever reason that they did it, um, as I've said every week, the end of this book is fucking nonsense. So it's just, you know, if, if what happened made any kind of sense whatsoever to anybody, we're on the right track and I support the changes. So if that means cutting out the giant worms in the waste, fucking fine. There's like dune style worms <laughs> in the, in the, sorry, in the, uh, in the blight. <laughs> I'm like, fine. Oh fine. shit. Okay. Yeah. The blight is like crazy, <laughs> but fine. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some of that in the actual last battle. <laughs> Damn, all right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, But okay, so the actual last thing to talk about here is the motherfucking Shan Shan have arrived off the Western shores. What did you think of these guys? Dude, I for I don't know what to think. I was just like, is this little girl important? Why are they attack why are they creating a tidal wave to kill this little girl? Who are these people? Yo, that <laughs> chant sounds dope as fuck. What's up with these uh what's up with these chicks? Why are those two girls chained together? Like it just it was there was so many questions. Yes, I cannot wait to talk. We're going to talk about this a lot more in the opening of Dark Run Social. Okay, I don't want to blow this for everybody who wants to wait and see what these guys are about. But if you want to know what their situation is without hearing the plot stuff that they're going to do, join us for the start of Dark Run Social because I'll talk about where they came from and what their what their deal is and what's going on with their channelers. And But they are... Our first introduction, fascinating that these are the first ones. I, although I guess I guess they are in the books too, which is fucking wild. But our first introduction to like channeling outside of Ice and Eye structure, because this is something. Yeah, that that's what I figured they were. Well, they're obviously channeling, right? And they're obviously right. not Ice and Eye. So it's a cool way of showing us that like channeling is a natural thing that people of all places do. And it's just external cultural scaffolding that like dictates how it works or what the, you know, how people feel about it or what the power structure is among channelers. Like that's not, it's not like a given that it's like the Aes Sedai and everyone else is like a wilder who doesn't know what they're doing, which the Aes Sedai would like you to believe. But every organization has channelers and every like nationality and they all have kind of a way of handling that. And the Shanshen are the first ones that we see that are not from like the Westlands, which is everything from those Western shores up to the Aiel Waste, which is like, you're, if you channel, you go become an Aes Sedai, right? Right. This yeah. is the first thing outside of that that we're seeing. And there are many, many organizations of channelers that operate outside the Aes Sedai and outside the Westlands. And these are the first ones we're getting to see, which is cool. And they're fucking terrifying. And um, I'm deeply conf- concerned for Megan. Like, 
Sweet Jesus. She's the one who went to look into the ships, right? She was like, ships are disappearing off the Western shore. I'm going to go see what the fuck is going on. I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) you don't want to do that. Like anybody else, give us some no name. I liked you and your Scottish accent. You're fucked now. <laughs> Don't go there. They're oh, so yeah. She was evil. the one that was trying to get her to uh, stay in the tower. That's right. Okay. Yeah. She was. A, she's one of the sitters for the Blue Aja. That's what it was. Okay. I knew there was a name I was forgetting. God dang it. I got you. It's like the one time where I got you on names. I know, with the names, I'll come in for them. <laughs> <laughs> Just only here. And probably also when we in get Lord of the Lord Rings, of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, but that's it. <laughs> Other than that, it's like, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't even know the fake bullshit names I've been calling people over the course of this. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, for, but to answer your question, I don't think that they could see the little girl on the shore. I think that that was just a way to like, destroy any there or there's something there yeah or like announce any or sorry like uh like take out any initial defense systems yeah because they're invading obviously (laughs) oh is that yeah i kind of picked up on that you know kind of a little bit (laughs) like with their (laughs) super aggressive entrance (laughs) <laughs> and they're just super aggressive everything like everything about yeah them that really was threatening that was crazy uh, well uh, god save the empress may she live forever we'll talk about these guys in dark friend social a lot and like they uh they are they're related to a character whose name was dropped in episode two archer hawkwing Maureen says that the Aes Sedai, well, Egwene says this actually, uh, the Aes Sedai started swearing the three oaths uh, as a promise to Archer Hawkwing to end the siege of Tarvalon. Is something we heard in episode two. And these guys are related to him. So we'll talk I'm about have to that. i go back and watch that now. It's, I mean, yeah, that was, that was the line. It was like, uh, Maureen's like, do you know why we swear the three oaths? And she said to, to end the siege of Archer Hawkwing, like to get Archer Hawkwing to back the fuck down. Right. Which basically was telling this guy, like, no, 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 we swear we'll be good. We promise. Just, these are all the things we'll do to, like, not fuck you. <laughs> we swear yeah. we won't lie and we won't use magic as a weapon. And, like, we'll all say this and now you can all trust Aes Sedai forever, right? So they mention him. And uh, we'll talk about this more at the start of Dark Friend Social for how he's involved in the Sean Shen and where these guys come from and what they've been doing all this time that no one knows they exist. Yeah, because it like it basically makes it seem like anything that doesn't happen on this continent is like a legend or a myth. Yeah, because of this is why I think the cold open this week was really impactful. Like we saw where technology was. Right. Right. That was actually before uh, Hawkwing, I'm pretty sure. Who is, by the way, a, um, that's like an Arthurian reference. Um, right. Arthur. He was the king. Hawkwing is, oh. is something that gets thrown around in Arthurian Silver legend, right? Wing, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like they they lost so much, which they say that like we could be thrown back thousands of years. I mean, they had little like I mean that looked like Star Wars in that city, right? They got fucked. Yeah, for sure. Imagine they got brought down to like where they are now. What we're seeing. Oh God, dude! That I would hate that. Holy shit! Yeah. That would be awful. 
Those guys had like electricity and running water and like, you know, like it was and like the internet and <laughs> like space travel, like Yeah, man. I mean, like they have flying fucking Ubers. They for sure had running water and, and electric. Like they had plumbing and and not so much anymore. So they got, you know, society got thoroughly fucked. So yeah, everything that is off this continent is like a question mark because like they don't have any means of like exploring and shit yeah all their methods of fast travel are lost like the ways absolutely fucked like that's not a safe option right um and you have to channel ostensibly to get into them they don't have that many like not everyone has like an eye to hanging out with them anymore um you know there's there's other ways of fast travel that i won't go into here but that we do talk about in the primer if anyone wants to hear it we talk about that in depth but you know, basically all of the fast travel modes are lost at this point. Like they don't have airplanes, which is much slower travel than the magic fast travel that's lost. And how would they know? Yeah. So there's, so if you look at the map, there's Shanchen is where these guys are coming from, which is like kind of the equivalent of the Americas. Like it's the big unknown continent in the West, right? If we say that the Westlands is Europe, which Really, it's not. Shanshan's like more like a giant Japan, but whatever. And um, and then there's the Westlands is like where our story primarily operates from. Right. The shores and and Emmons Field isn't far from the shore. All of this is on the Amazon map, so it's all out there. Um, but that goes up until the spine of the world, which is the mountain range that separates the Westlands from the Isle Waste. But then east of the Aiel Waste is a place called Shara that nobody knows dick about. And then and then who knows? And on and on. Right. So there's all kinds of stuff that nobody knows anything about. Except, you know, Jane Farstrider, who we got a, a mention of. Yeah, she does talk about her. In, the, in episode six, I think. Uh, Loyal has the book and Rand says, you know, Egwene used to think she was Jane herself reincarnated and it's like an adventure book. So and Jane Farstrider. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Farstrider would have known. But other than that, it's all a big question mark. So nobody knows who the Sean Shen are or what the shit is going on. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so they're right up there with me now. Awesome. Yep. They're all right on your level and are about to get absolutely butt fucked by the Sean Shen. Who <laughs> are like a really awesome wrinkle <laughs> in this whole situation. Because really, it's like. Wait, so hang on, that wasn't the last battle. Like, we still have to fight the Dark One. Like, seems like things are kind of a mess. And it's like, bam! People who are not, they don't work for the Dark One. They're just, like, unequivocally bad guys, though. Like, they're definitely enemies to our characters. Oh, yeah, I kind of picked up on that, too. They're not here to, like, help fight in the last battle, for instance. No, didn't didn't for a second think they were there for help. No. So it's one of the things that I really like about the Wheel of Time is where you have these similar to like Valda and the white cloaks. Like, uh, yeah. Who are just gone now. They're all around. They're, they're where we left them. They just didn't come into Tarvalon. They're around. They've, they've forgotten nobody. They'll be back. But, and they're a huge organization. Remember, like they, there's a whole country that is the white cloaks. No, no, I got that. I just thought it was crazy that we introduced them. And then now, we were gonna be like the pacing of the show was really fast for a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, we were hauling ass because there was like a whole plot line with them with the Gwen and Perrin, right? Yeah, and 
they won for now and walked away. And, you know, I'm sure they'll run across them again on, when Perrin and Loyal go hunting for the horn. Like, I don't expect that to be the last time Perrin sees the White Cloaks by a long stretch. Mm, okay, that's fair. Or anybody else, to be honest. But, um, but I like these, like, antagonistic organizations and characters who are not evil. And that's that's always an interesting wrinkle because there's like dark friends and shit, and that's one thing. And the fades and the forsaken and Pat and Fane, right? That's all yeah. Thing. But like the Shanshan and the White Cloaks, it's like a whole other situation where it's like kind of reminds me of Ice and Fire and the politics versus the need to get everybody together to fight the White Walkers. The White Walkers, yeah. Where it's like, yo, can we put this aside for a minute? Because, like, y'all are scary, and I get that you came over from, like, the secret continent, and you're here to fuck me, but, like, can we can we postpone? Do you guys mind taking a breather real quick? Like, rain check? Can we come back to this? Which is, like, a really fun theme in the Wheel of Time of people trying to figure out, like, can we? Can we come back to this one? Because, fuck me, we have a serious problem. <laughs> <laughs> And that's basically Rand's job for the next 15 books. It's like, wait, guys, seriously, no. I need help. Can you stop? Can you come back later? We're trying to escape. If you help me today, then tomorrow. We can, we can fight tomorrow. God. like <laughs> It's like a running thing with a lot of these, like, not actually evil antagonists. And I really like it. And, like, the way that they have to handle these animosities and, like, the calm the complex relationship between different cultures and countries. And like, I mean, imagine what the tyrants are going to say, the, the people in tier, um, that they have to get on board with fucking any of this. Like they, like it's, yeah, I, I don't I guess think that's interesting. True. yeah, like it's, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of like worldview shifting that's going to have to happen to get people on the same page to fight the actual last battle. And I'm, so stoked that the show did as well as it did because it, it it was like the number one show like amazon wants to do this with rafe all the way through and i could not good about that. that's all i really want right because even think about like season one of game of thrones was great don't get me wrong nobody started even talking about that shit until season three very true so you know i think i think this was a really really good first season and I think it has nowhere to go but up without COVID and shutdowns and, you know, Bezos will give them all the money. Like, I, I think it can only... Well, no, I know. Yeah, but with how well this did, I, yeah, they're, they're 100% on board now. The only thing is that it's going to be like a thousand years because they don't want to put season two out to I compete know. with... Lord of the Rings, Rings, and that's coming out in November. Damn it. I know, which is forever. So it's like, unless they can somehow get it out before next November, I really seriously doubt that. I think we're looking at spring 2023. Which is forever. <sighs> Fine. But we will be here for all of the all of the news in the meantime. I plan to like come back to this on the pod. Um, as well, yeah. relates, as the as the year, the coming year, you know, progresses, ferments. Yes, <laughs> comes into its prime. Yeah, for real. So, I know you saved ratings till the end. Where'd you land? 
I give this a 10 out of 10. Makes I have, me so happy. I have literally recommended this to everybody that it I've talked to. It was good, huh? Yeah. It really turned out. Like, I was talking to my, my aunt, actually, on Christmas Day. Shout out to Katie. What's up? Um, And I was like, like, hey, you were into Game of Thrones, right? And she was like, yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I enjoyed that show. I'm like, dude, you gotta check out Wheel of Time on Amazon. And it just, like, literally everybody that I talked to, I'm like, yo, have you heard of Wheel of Time? And they're like, sir, do you know why I pulled you over? And I'm like, no, no, but, like, you know how I... <laughs> but it's just, like, it's... Like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, no, I just... It, it genuinely, like, I am so stoked about how much I loved this show. Like, I... It, I want to know more. I'm like excited to read the books now. Um, and I, yeah, I get a hundred percent. I gave this a 10 out of 10. That makes me so happy. I'm, I'm going to ride with you at 10 out of 10. I think it was great. I mean, I think there were episodes that were below a 10 out of 10. Yeah. There were a couple weak parts, but overall I'm not doing this episode to episode. No. I, yeah, I'm doing this overall. This was 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, there were parts that were better than others. Like, I think my favorites were probably episodes like seven, four, three, five, or six. That is the most random order I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, but those were the really good ones. Like, seven was the dark within the ways. Four was Super Scion Nynaeve. Um, Yeah, that's true. Like, those were really good. Episode three was really good. I think for sure one of my highlights of the season was the Manetherin song that blew my mind like seeing that in episode two was like oh yeah and yes. see now I'm, I'm gonna restart the show with like some of the knowledge that i have now yeah and and kind of go from there i think you'll enjoy the rewatch i rewatched before the finale um but i've i've you know been watching them a lot. i was gonna say you do it like every week so it doesn't <laughs> really, it, like, doesn't change anything. three times and then watched it but then i watched them like all together before the last one came out and then i watched that twice in a row because i watched and i watched with you but yeah i i mean i was really happy with the whole season and i am it's surreal for me um that it's over now because it feels like yesterday the trailer came out and it was like, we all had this collective, like it was trailer guidance and nobody knew what that meant except for. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've said Tarman guidance, like on TV, it's like a thing we could say, like people might get it. It's like so exciting. And like just seeing it enter the zeitgeist, seeing it trending on Twitter every week, like people really getting it and enjoying it so much and having like friends texting me. And being like, I think Nynaeve is the dragon. And I'm like, <laughs> Dude, I know. Now going back and watching this, I'm just going to be like, uh, you guys are idiots. <laughs> they did a great job with that mystery. They made it so much fun. Like, what a fun couple of months of everyone trying to piece this together. And, like, getting to watch every week with my friends. And just, like, it was... It is so awesome that everybody liked it. I don't know. And I hyped this up to, like, a lot of people. And made a lot of people watch it who have not read the books. And not a single one of them. And to be fair, they're probably afraid. But not a single one of them has told me they didn't like it. I, I believe them. <laughs> they're probably afraid to tell you. They're probably scared, yeah. Like, wow, like, you have nicer friends than I do. 
Uh, no, I think everyone really genuinely enjoyed it. You know, like I think I think this really worked for people and it makes me so happy and just getting to share it with everyone and have people have any idea what I'm talking about at any given time is awesome. And I can't wait for for more. And I'm I'm like, get reading, get on my level. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. By the time we get to season two, I'll be, I I, I hope to be on Lindsay's level. I hope somewhere near it. I hope that before we go into season two, you've read books two and three, like through book three in a minimum. Yeah. Ideally book four, because that, I I think that the next season is going to encompass all of books two and three and a solid chunk of four. I predict the, and I have said this many times on the Dark Friend Social, I predict end of book six by end of season three. That's my bet. So even if some parts get left for later and shifted around a little bit, um, I'm predicting end of book six and a season three. So I think that we'll have two, three and a solid bit of four in season two. So get on my level so that we can yeah. talk about how that's possible. Cause well, I so like, I'm like read the next two books. Cause I think we need to get there. Yeah. And I have, I have the first three audibles. Or audiobooks. So, honey, yeah. again, you have all of the audiobooks. I will provide you with no, the oh, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, I have because, like, I have all these free credits. I got like two or three for Christmas. So, I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'm like, I want to own these books too. But, yeah, yeah. But there's like, I have it. Just log into the audible. Oh my God. <laughs> Trying to be generous. Okay, but here's the other not thing. Spend like, your I'm, I'm a- on shit we already have. I know, but I'm a collector, Lindsay, and now yeah. I have three out of the fifty books in I guess this that's series. Legit, because I have the like the proper like the good hardcovers with the yeah, exactly. covers. I get it. I get it. And fucking Peyton made me buy <laughs> made me buy the Dune the first <laughs> Dune book, and so now that shit I gotta fill the Dune. The first Dune book is real good, but also prioritize Wheel of Time because oh well, yeah, I obviously. Really want you to I talk don't... to me about how we can make books two and three happen in one season. Yeah, I was not anywhere near as hyped for Dune as I am for this shit. Yeah, this is like way cool. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Season one of Wheel of Time gets me more hyped for the Wheel of Time story than than Dune Part One. Yeah, which ended in such a weird place. But as we begin to digress, I guess that's about. Is that about all we have to say? That is all we have for now. Again, do join us later this week, even if you guys are not book readers, if you want to know some of the lore without the plot um, and some ideas on where some of this stuff might go based on lore and magic systems and stuff, join us for first half of Dark Friend Social later this week. If you are a book reader, join us for the whole shebang, and I will be discussing all the like deep plot spoilers as well. All of them. Everyone. No exceptions. True <laughs> story. Conversation. <laughs> It'll be definitely a longer dark friend social. So if you guys have questions that you want us to hit on from a, like whatever level of spoilers, send them over to us. Let us know. Hit us up at go behind the timeline at Gmail and at behind timeline on Twitter and go behind the timeline on Instagram. Mostly getting all that out of my mouth. um but do hit us up if you guys have questions or feedback let us know because we won't be recording that until i don't know like later this week couple yeah yeah a few days no rush so let us know because uh we'll definitely address it 
when we do like kind of the, that'll be like the real final wrap up for the season. Very true. Yeah. If you guys weren't aware, um, the dark friend social will be the final episode in season one of, uh, of the podcast. We'll be taking a little bit of time off. We'll be back around the mid to end of January with a lot of exciting new shit, including the Dalmatians extravaganza. Um, at popular request, we will be covering ET as our first timeline movie. Um, I have taken the liberty of ensuring that there are some pretty sweet movies put back onto the timeline that I realized we had on and then removed for some reason, either by error, probably me, um, or otherwise, including Top Gun. Excellent. I know. Um, but yeah, we've got, we've got a lot coming for you guys, but, uh, we're going to round out the end of the season pretty soon here. And, uh, Yeah. Thank you as always for, for sticking around and hanging out with us. Yeah. This has been a very fun season. Thank you guys so much for, yeah, for all of it. Stay nerdy and we'll catch you guys later this week or, you know, whenever we get to it on dark friend social soon, (laughs) soon, (laughs) soon. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.